Blog Talk Radio. Hello there. This episode of Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete is brought to you by Dummy the Web Series. Starring, written, and directed by our buddy Joe Dallow, and also starring Izzy Diaz. Dummy is the very funny story of Sammy and Donnie. One's a dummy, one isn't. Maybe they both are. I don't know. Go check it out. Episode 3 is up, where they go in search of an agent. It's pretty funny. Go check it out. Go to YouTube.com, search Dummy the Web Series, and subscribe to the channel so you can get all the episodes as soon as they come out. I know they're working on episode four as we speak. Go check it out. And now it's time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. Talking New York sports nice. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. <laughs> Hold the phone. Hey, brother. This is serious. Serious. We could make you delirious. Delirious. Just a bit outside. Just gotta stop, man. We keep having the same conversation. number 213, coming to you live from Comac, New York, Bayside, New York, and Freehold, New Jersey. Yes, it's time for Ready to Unload with Colin and Pete. Hi! It's Thursday night. It's January the 15th, 2015. It's a lot of 15s. I blame Beltron. Hi, welcome to the program. I am Sam Pete, one of your hosts for this extravaganza. We're talking New York sports nights. No big deal. Go grab some coffee. I don't know. Go grab a you know a glass of wine, crack a beer, whatever you want to do. Just come hang out with us for the next couple of uh, minutes, hours, sometimes days. And uh, we're going to talk New York sports nights and some other stuff. It's going to be fun. Uh, so welcome to the program. There's a ton to talk about. There's a ton going on with the Jets. Uh, the Giants hired an offen- or a defensive coordinator today. Uh, that, that we're all familiar with. Um, and, of course, uh, the Islanders and the Rangers played on Tuesday in their biggest regular season game in years. 20 years, man. 20 years. 20 years. 20 years. And um, the Mets are just infuriating. Just downright infuriating. And we're only, like, a couple weeks away from pitchers and catchers. So, um, hi. Welcome to the program. I am, once again, one of your hosts, Steve Pietro, a.k.a. Boy, I hate using AKA like that. That's just it's just dopey. Uh, they call me San Pete, those that call me. And uh, we're going to bring in the co-host of the program right now and get this uh, this Cal. podcast going. That's him. Ah, the female voice. Such a nice touch. Hi. Hi. How are you? Do you, do you like sports? Here he is. 
Mr. Brian, Calniva, Calvino, Caliente, Cal State Fullerton, Calniva, going to Cal in a handbasket. Wish they all could be Cal before you girl. Hi, Cal. Hi, Steve. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. And yourself? Uh, you're looking well. You can't see me. I know. Why is that? I don't know. Try it again. I'm try- Let me try to call you on the, uh, on the Uvu again. Just pull the curtain back. Let everybody Just know what we're everybody, doing. Let everybody see how the sausage is made. That's it. Here's what we do, folks. We are Skyping. Cal and I are Skyping. We Skype into Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio, this is our uh, like 200th show on Blog Talk Radio. It's crazy. We've been doing this for a long time. We Skype in, but we also use Uvu, the video chat platform, so we can see each other nice while we're doing the show. I'm looking at PJ right now, who once again has a Kubrickian camera angle. <laughs> and so I've got the under parts of his chin, mostly. How's his lighting? His lighting's magnificent. There's like a there's like a special that's behind him that's lighting behind him, and uh, his hair looks. Re- you got to see this. Let, how do we? Let's. Peach, why don't you try to add Cal to this? Just call? try to do it again. I just, okay. I, all right. Gosh, why are you yelling at me? We just started the program. Why are you yelling? I don't know. I'm I'm calling you over and over again, and it's not working. It's not working. No. It's just not working. But PJ called you. Did that work? Oh, anyway, no. well, welcome, buddy. We'll, we'll try to get this figured out. Eh, it doesn't matter. Nobody can see it, so... It does matter. I want to see your face. Yeah, but why are we spending so much time on something that nobody can see and nobody else cares about? They want to hear us talk. They want to hear us talk New York sports. Nice. They do. Let me so... make it worse. Log out of Uvu and then log back in. There, I've okay. made it worse. Where do I where do I go up here where it says Uvu? Go to is go it, to is Uvu, it in the top? The top where menu? you would normally find the word file, go to Uvu, click. I don't see file. Scroll, scroll, <laughs> no, it's where you would normally find file. Move That's where it says top. Uvu. I see. Okay. And see, then, you see how I've made it worse? And then yeah. click. Goodbye. And now we're programming a VCR. Great. <laughs> <laughs> the cows can tape something by now. He doesn't get it. He's never going to get it. Uh, hey, buddy, we have got a ton of New York sports to talk. So what I wanted to discuss with you first was a couple weeks ago, we went away, right? Teresa? Not, not together. No, not you, not you and I, no. No. We went... Uh, I would have remembered that. Yeah, I, 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 I would think. Teresa and I went away for a, a weekend um, at a little little resort, cool place upstate um, in Roxbury, New York. Way up there, Cal. Three hours. That's way up there. Um, and I don't ski. This is well known. I don't ski. Was it a skiing resort? There were people that were skiing there, for sure. Okay. People that were that were staying there that were skiing. I don't ski. Never been up on skis. And given my propensity for, uh, how shall we say, accidents, skiing at age 40, not a good idea. Not going to happen. I, I'm, I'm, I've had surgery on one of my knees. I was a catcher for all those years. My knees are, uh, I'm lucky to still have them. So, um, anyway, that's correct. That's right. <laughs> I'm lucky to still have them at all. So, um, we go to, uh, we go to this place. 
It's great. I had my first ever massage. Ooh. Never had one before. Go on. I like my tension. So... (laughs) (laughs) It's it. Do they play this for everybody's first massage? They do. (laughs) They had... They had foreigner queued up for me. So uh, did Lou Graham do your massage? <laughs> I'm not going to say that this woman that did, you know, or, you know, was my massage uh, therapist looked like Lou Graham. I'm going to say this: she did not look unlike Lou Graham. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, and I got it. You know, I did the massage with Teresa, right? So we were both in the room or whatever. Um, the couple's massage thing, you know? Yeah. And so the, 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 the these two women walk in. One is Lou Graham, and the other one is like probably like a 22-year-old, relatively not attractive, but not unattractive. Let's just say that. So, of course, Teresa goes, I'll take her. You right can, away. Yeah, you can have Lou Graham. So, um, but anyway, so I'm having this massage. I didn't know if I was going to like it. I, I did. Two reasons I bring this up. One, I finished – I don't know if I'll have one again, but I finished it and I said if I were a professional anything, any athlete, but specifically a professional baseball player, I would have one of these every day before every game. Like I felt like I could catch 37 innings. I, I just felt that loose. Like I've, I haven't felt that loose ever. It was great. Like my arm, I felt like I could – it was just amazing. Like I was, if you were a professional baseball player, why wouldn't you have one of these every day? By like somebody really good too. So that was A, right? Have you ever had a massage? No, that's why I, I'm listening with bated breath. Did you, <laughs> so your breath has been baited. You trying to do that wrong? Are you trying to catch something with your breath? No, that's the expression. I just I've never understood it. Oh, why is your breath breath baited? Why can't I say that? <laughs> What's it baited with? I, I I don't know. Well, we might have to have somebody look that up. I don't think he's going to need to look it up. I don't think he's going to do it anyway. I don't think no. he'll do it. Uh, he he just ignores us. But I want to hear more. Go on. I want to hear so, B. What's B? So uh, B is, and I thought we could start off the show this way before we talk about Todd Bowles and Mike uh, McCognan and. And uh, the Jets and their big hires. And, of course, Steve Spagnuolo returns triumphantly after failing miserably as a head coach um, to the Giants. Um, And, of course, the Islanders and the Rangers. So I'm having this massage. I'm not good at staying put. I don't do do haircuts well. Would Would you say you have ants in your pants? I would say I have ants. I would say that. Okay. You know, you don't have to say it, but... I just did. I do. I have my grandmother used to, and it's not a real word. My grandmother used to say, "You got famigolas," and I always just assumed that was like an Italian word for something. For ants. <laughs> like for, but and I said, "What does that mean?" She's like, "It means ants in your pants. You got famigolas." Anyway. Sit down. Yes, exactly. I'm a gacchiaron, and I have famigolas. Um, so you can't sit still. I, I can't. I'm not great that way. So but I. Not, use, but it just in general, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah, correct. And 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 especially in a like non-talking, because I am a gakiaro. 
in a non-talking scenario. Like where I'm just supposed to sit there and relax, I'm not great at. Like church. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Disaster. Reason number 337 that I don't attend church anymore. <laughs> Someday we'll get to the other 336. I'm going to be like uh, like Martin Luther. I'm just going to post him up on a on the church door. Here, here are my reasons, my protestations. Um, here's what I do. I have this little trick. It's not a trick, really. Just here's what I do. I will, and I was doing this during the massage. I will go through my head, starting with the number one. Uh. Taking all of my teams, Mets, Jets, and Islanders, and I will name a player who wore that number. Out loud? No, I'm saying this in my head. Yeah, okay. out loud. Because <laughs> that would be weird. Poor woman's like, this is the most bizarre massage I've ever done. <laughs> and Lou, Lou Graham's just like, look. I've done worse. <laughs> I was trying to think of another foreigner song and I couldn't. Um, which, he's, hot, he's hot-blooded. There you go. I don't, this one's hot-blooded. I don't know. So... um. A, have you ever done that? B, yes. The, the, this was the longest I had had to do it in a while. So how far did you get? Well, I did different eras. Like I got through, I got through like the Mets. But this, was, this was like an hour massage. So like what did I, you, you did twelves of the seventies and then twelves of the eighties. That's right. That's right. I did no. I think with the Mets I did eighties and then I did anything after the eighties. With the Jets, I did – basically, I just tried to find – the Jets are hard because you can go from 1 to 99. So Depending the on how long the massage is. Yeah, the Jets can – it was an hour massage. You, you could get pretty far. I got through all the Jets. And the, the trick with the Jets is just to name one player for every number. Yeah, that's hard. It wasn't that hard. 95? Uh, 95, uh, thanks. I had a 95. Can't think of one now, but I had a 95. Oh, uh, Antoine Barnes. Okay. Um, right. You passed. Go on. <laughs> Thanks. Beef over. And so, um, and uh, with the Islanders, I did it with the Islanders too. It was great. So I wanted, I want to do this really quick with you. Whoa. Okay. Well, because at, at the not the massage part. <laughs> All right. Because at the time, I'm thinking. Because I still can't see you. That's correct. At the time, maybe we should FaceTime. Do you want to FaceTime? Should we FaceTime? No. Nope. Why? I really want to see you. Just can we? Maybe when we're done talking about this. Okay. Then, then I feel a lot more comfortable. Sure. Um. Change <laughs> your internet proxy. Reset. <laughs> click search programs and f- and find. <laughs> Where do I go? Is that um? I have Google up. Is it in Google? Next on CBS, The Ruiner. <laughs> just every try every, rebooting every situation. He just PJ just comes in and is like just ruins everything. Just IT, ruins it. IT nightmares. Yeah. The Ruiner. <laughs> um so I, I wanted to uh, I wanted to see uh, just rapid fire. Rapid fire. Okay. If we could just go back and forth. Yeah, let's do it. Um, you have a head start, though, because you just had a massage. I just, well, not just, not 10 minutes ago. I am loose. I'll tell you what, 
Lou Graham was standing on me because I was sore the next day. I mean, sore. Like, you know, and then they, they ask, like, well, do you have any problem areas? You know, like something you want me to work on specifically. And I'm like, uh, so I said, uh, no, no, not that I can think of. And then I remembered, I get Charlie horses in my calves a lot. It could be because I'm an old man. So I said, uh, I said, I'd like to amend my previous statement of there's nothing I'd like you to work on and go with the calves. And she, I mean, holy and cow. And that's not a loose muscle. Worked them over. My calves would confess to anything that they were being asked at have that point. A, have you had a Charlie horse since? No. No, sir. Negative. Good enough for me. Negatory. So, um, but I mean, <laughs> you know, you're face down in the thing with the thing. Yeah. And I'm not comfortable in that position either. I had, uh, you know, you keep your skivvies on there. I know other people that do it naked. No, thanks. You know, or whatever with like, and the towel of like, I'm, I, you know, I told Teresa, like Teresa's lucky I get naked, like to take a shower. <laughs> I don't, I'm not, I am not comfortable naked at all. <laughs> I never have been. Um, and, uh, you know, Jesus Marumba, she, she was working stuff over and you, you know, you face down and at some point you're like, is, is there like 145 pounds on top of my back right now? Because she, is she kneeling on me? She could be kneeling on me. There's no, she, I'm telling you, Lou Graham was actually a perfect, we We've replaced our regular massage therapist with Nate Newton. Let's see if he notices. We've replaced Steve's masseuse with Odea Boucher. Let's see if he notices. Um, so anyway, uh, let's uh, let's just go. Rapid just, fire. Are we going to pick a go? team? We're going to pick a what is it? How are we? How? What are the parameters? Who's going to quality control this to make sure we're right? Um. I think we can police ourselves, but I can certainly bring up the numbers if you'd like. No, if there's if there's a uh, if there's a controversy, we will uh, address it. Fair enough. All right, let's start with the Mets. And okay. and and the best way to do this is first number that comes to your head, right? Or first no. player, first player that comes to your head. First player, or we need to try to not pick the same player. Oh, absolutely, can't pick the same player. Uh, so, uh, you want to start with the Mets? We'll go with number one. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I'll go, uh, Mookie Wilson. And Lance Johnson. Number two. Mackie Sasser. Kevin Elster. Three. Raphael Santana. Curtis Granderson. Four. Um, number four, Bob Baylor. Lenny Dykstra. Five. Five, uh, uh um, what's, uh, what's his name? Yeah, what's, what's the guy's name? Place third base. Um, <laughs> The face of the franchise, you mean? Five. David Johnson. Uh, David Wright. Six. Six. Joe Orslack. Wally Backman. Seven. Seven. Hubie Brooks. Uh, Jose Reyes. Eight. Eight. Dave Gallagher. Gary Carter. Nine. <laughs> uh, Todd Hundley. Nine. Todd Zeal. Ten, uh, oh, no, wait. Todd Zeal wasn't nine, was he? No, not for the men. He was, he was 27. Uh, nine, nine, that's, uh, I'm out. Okay, you move on. Ten. Ten, uh, Ray Ordonez. Uh, Rusty Staub. Eleven. Tucker Ashford. Tim Tuffle. Twelve. John Stearns. 
Uh, Robbie Alomar, 13. Lee Mazzilli. Uh, Neil Allen, 14. Gil Hodges. Gil Hodges, right. <laughs> and scene. Uh, 15. Uh, Carlos Beltran. Please say it like, like the, the uh, what's John it? Miller. Yeah. Carlos Beltran. Thank you. Beltran. George Foster, 16. 16. Lee Mazzilli. Dwight Gooden, 17. 17. Luis Lopez. Keith Hernandez, 18. Daryl Strawberry. Uh, Brett Saberhagen, 19. Bobby Ojeda. Nice. Uh, Roger Cedeno, 20. <laughs> Mike Fitzgerald. Thank you, PJ. I was waiting forever for that. Um, oh, boy. I had trouble with 20 after Mike Fitzgerald. Um, really? I did. Nothing. Oh, Hojo. Uh, 21. Uh, Carlos Delgado. Nice. Uh, Don Clendenin, 22. Twenty-two. Um, twenty. Five seconds. Eric Young, Jr. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Without the junior disqualified. Uh, Ray Knight, twenty-three. Doug Flynn. Buddy Harrelson, twenty-four. Buddy Harrelson as a coach. As a coach. Uh, okay, fair enough. Uh, twenty-four. Kelvin Torvey. Right. Willie Mays, twenty-five. Twenty-five. Pedro Feliciano. <laughs> Kelvin Torvey. You know, Kelvin Torvey's kids wouldn't even know that he wore twenty-four for the. The only match. reason I know that it's that, it's a big that, deal. It's a big deal because they made a mistake and gave it to him. Right. Because no one was supposed to wear it after Willie Mays. What are we on? Twenty-five. And what'd 25. you go? Twenty-five. I went with uh, Pedro Feliciano. I'm going Danny Heap. Twenty-six. Six. You better save him for me. Don't say. I it. know. That's why I'm trying to think of something else. Twenty-six. <laughs> twenty-six. Ooh. Yep. In, that's nah, that's tough. That's that's tricky. Yes. Had a lot of trouble with another 26. I I I can't say I would pass because I should come up with one. Yep. 26. I know. That's crazy. I know. I got to pass. Think pitchers. Think pitchers. I got to pass. Wow. I can't do it. 26. Hold on. You can take them if you want. No, I can't. Why? Because you got another one? I did. I had come up with another one. Uh, I, this. I know. I know. 26. That's that's crazy. I'm sorry. I know. I passed. I do. That's it. I'm in. I'm out. I'm not in. I'm out. Okay, so we, we got pretty... Dave Kingman. So we went pretty far with... Right. Let me see now. So I'm not looking at any of the other ones. I'm just looking at 26. All right. Damn, I can't believe I couldn't come up with a 26. Right. Again, think pitchers. Yeah. You're miss. You're missing two guys. Two guys. I know, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna really be upset. Yep. Ah, 26. Think a pitcher on the staff in 2006. Pitcher on the staff in 2006. Yes. Ah. El Duque. Yes. God dang it. The other great one I had thought of, I did remember, was Terry Leach. Terry Leach. That's a really good one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 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 let's let's go a couple more. 27. 
27, Dennis Cook. Nelson Figueroa, 28. 28, Bobby Jones. Uh, I'm with Murph. Murphy, 29. 29. Uh, 29. Oh, um, um, the guy. Uh, Frank Tanana. Wow. <laughs> did not see that coming. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Ike Davis, 30. Mike Scott. Ed Lynch? No. No, Ed Lynch did not wear He wore 36. 36. Uh, 30. Bruce Bereni? 31. No. 31. 31. Uh, 30. Boy, how many, how many shots am I going to take here? Uh, 30. Willie Randolph? No. He wore number 12. He wore number 12. You're right. Think Hall of Fame. Think Hall of think Fame. Hall of Fame. <laughs> you never think Hall of Fame in the Mets. Well, think what it could have been. Think, think Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame, what could have been? Oh, Nolan Ryan. Mm-hmm. Good. Wow. 31. Uh, we would have I also said, accepted I, Cliff Floyd. Cliff Floyd. I said the aforementioned Bruce Bereni. I'll stick 31. with that. I'll go with Mike Piazza. To, to yeah, yeah. It should be retired. 32. Mike Hampton. Yep. 32 was tricky. Hampton was the only guy I came up with. 32? Yep. Hampton was the only guy I came up with. Yeah, there's got to be more 32. I know. I know. I know there is. There's another pitcher. Uh, but I, uh, Hampton was the only guy I could come up with. This is thrilling uh, podcasting, isn't it? I'm, I'm sure everybody loves it. 32. Don't really current. care. How about a current 32? Think of a thir- current 32. There is one? He wears one right now. He's wearing it as we speak. He no, wore, he's not. He, he wore to wear it. He, he worked to bed tonight. He, he changed it. <laughs> Henry Mejia wore 32. Henry Mejia, yeah. Uh, okay, uh, 33. 33. Uh, uh, Barry that, Lines. That's where I went, yeah. I went Barry Lines as well. Um, uh, Matt Harvey? Uh, Harvey, yeah, of course. Uh, 34. Uh, 34 is, um... Oh, also for 28, we would have accepted Tom Gorman. Tom Gorman. Tom Gorman. 30, what are we looking at? 34? Yeah. It's got to be a pitcher. It's got to be. Right? Yeah. Uh, He's our favorite guy. He just licked his hand again. Yeah, Mike Pelfrey. Yeah, Mike Pelfrey. Yeah. Do you have, do you have another 34? I didn't. I did not. I had Pelfrey, and that was it. Junior Ortiz. Oh, that's right. 34. Okay, uh, let's uh, finish. Let's get to 41, because that's Seaver. 35. Well, no. <laughs> 35. Um, beep, 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 boop, boop, boop. Ba, ba, ba. 35. <laughs> you have one? I did. Who is my 35. Shoot, I can't remember. <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up. Yeah, I give up. All right. Uh, Dylan G. Dylan G, Rick Reed. Sure. Rick Reed. That was the one I, I, I actually did get uh, Rick Reed at the time. Okay. All right, let's stop at 35. Yeah, that's good. Yep. I like it. Um, Fun. Did that for the Islanders and, and the Jets. <laughs> wow. I bet you you would have a you would you would have an easier time with the Islanders. Easier than the Mets? Yes. No. You'd be surprised, Cal. I don't know if we'd be able to do it, you know, in tandem as we just did. We'd probably. I can't think of a number one. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Fischel. 
He wasn't number one, was he? Yes, he was. No. Or Chico how, Rush. How about Gwen Chico Rush? Chico Rush was one. Yeah. No, you could do it for the Isles. Pilon two, Kenny Johnson three. Pilon was forty seven. He yeah, wore he two. two. He which he wore two as well. I always go Mike McEwen with two. McEwen. <laughs> Just for fun. And now I go Nick Letty, of course. Of course. Three, Thomas Johnson. Four, uh, Gerald Diddick. Five, Dennis Potvin. Six, Kenny Morrow. Seven, Stefan Pearson. Eight, Gary Howitt. Nine, Clark Gillies. Ten, uh, Lauren Henning. Uh, Eleven, Wayne Merrick. Twelve, Dwayne Sutter. Thirteen, Claude Loisel. Fourteen. Uh, Fourteen. Tom Fitzgerald. Tom Fitzgerald. Fifteen. Brad Dalgarno. Sixteen. Pat LaFontaine. Seventeen. Matt Martin. 18. Eddie Westfall. 19. Brian Trottier. 20. Uh, Ray Ferraro. 21. 21. Brent Sutter. 22. Bossy. 23. Vladimir Malikov. Instead of Nystrom? <laughs> I, I can't allow that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? 24. Uh, was Brad Boyce 24? Yes. 25. Mary Strakowski. 26. Dave Longevin. 27. Why are you laughing? That's tremendous. 27. Um, I, w- I always go Billy Carroll for 25. 27. Uh, uh, Derek King. 28. Oh, gosh. Tom Curvers. Anders Caller. 29. One of my favorite hockey names of all time, Joe Ricky. Or Brock Nelson. Yeah. Or Brock Nelson. 30. Uh, uh, Tommy Soderstrom. Right. Or Kelly Rudy. Also acceptable. 31. No need Smith. to say it. Smitty. Billy uh, Smith. 32. Steve Billy Thomas. 33. Benoit Hogue. 34. <laughs> 34 is where we get stuck. Yeah, everywhere, right? 34. I had uh, Van Beesbrook. Didn't he wear 34 when he played with the Isles? No, with the uh, with the Rangers, 34. 35 with the with the Islanders. So who was 34? It's got to be a goalie. There was none. No 34? one's ever wore 34 for the New York Islanders in the 42-year history of the team. You never know. You never know. But yeah, you're right. It's it's funny where you get to the same. Uh... Yeah. And then the Islanders, it really stops. I mean, there's a bunch of guys in the 40s. You know, there's a couple of guys in the 40s here and there. You have, you know, Boychuk at 55. You have uh, Nelson and Nielsen at 51. Um, and then you have, you know, guys in the 90s, Tavares, Goring. Brett Lindros wore 75, inexplicably. Brett Lindros, there was a reason for it. Yeah, well, he was born in 75. Is was, that the reason? Yeah, I think so. Anyway, uh, I thought that was fun. That's how I got through my massage. Matthew Baron. Matthew Baron. 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 <laughs> Brian Curran. Oof. Jan Denis. I'm sorry, who now? Jan Denis. Did you know that Miko Makala scored like 30 goals in a season, by the way? Number 24. Yeah, right before they traded him. Yep, number 24, by the way. For another 24. They traded Ken Baumgartner. Kenny, they traded him for Ken Baumgartner? Yeah, uh, oh, Hubie McDonough man. and Ken Baumgartner for Miko Makala. Wow, Hubie McDonough, number 39. 39. Um... See, see, I'm telling you, it's easier than you think. So here's what's going to happen. Yeah. We are going to break this episode up 
Okay. And the first, this will be the first episode that we drop called Numerology. <laughs> and anybody that wants to hear us talk about numbers for half an hour. RT Numerology? Can listen to this one. And then, for everybody else that wants to hear us talk about sports, there'll be another show. Well, this is sports. It's not like we're, it's not like we're doing horoscopes here. I mean, this is, you got a 48 on the Islanders. Uh, I got Eric Hillman on the Mets. Does that count for anything? I got Kenny Shroy on the Jets. Aaron Heilman, yeah. On the, Aaron Heilman yeah. on the Mets. I do not have a 48 on the Isles. Give me a 48 on the Isles. Go. I got another 34, by the way. Brian Berard. Brian Berard. Was Jack Hillen or somebody like that, like 48 or one of the, or Halmo? Halmo were 46, right? When they called that kid up last year. Uh, Halmo. <laughs> Mike Halmo? Mike Halmo. His name is not Hal Mo. No, I know. His name is Mike Halmo, I believe. I believe so. I believe he was 46. Do I have that right? I don't know. Anyway. 48 is a tough one, too. Anyway. Let's talk about sports. I mean, we have been. We should check with PJ, though, I feel like. Does he know any numbers? Yeah, let's bring PJ in here and see what numbers he knows. And then I, we got to talk about the Jets and, 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 of course, hiring Todd Bowles. I have nothing to say about it, but we can talk about it at this point. <laughs> that's it? You have nothing to say? I want to hear what you have to say, though. Oh, that's flattering. Do you want a massage? No, I really do. Because <laughs> no. I can't name number 48 on the Islanders. Yep. Can't name a forty-eight. Bring him in. I did. How much? I mean, how much more in can I bring him? What does he need? A written invitation? What do you, what do you want? You want a gold-plated invitation? One more numeral. I'm gonna kill a cat. You are not. And he has For two every cats number there he can you kill. say. A cat dies. <laughs> New York Jets number eighty-five. One dead cat. You would probably have a lot of trouble. <laughs> you would probably have a lot of trouble with the Jets. Um, I don't know because you you didn't root for them as a kid like I did. No, like, but I I was I was good with numbers. I can't I can't definitely can't think of a Jet number one. Mike Nugent. Oh Nugent, right? Two is Folk. Yeah. Uh, three is Rick Meyer. Sure. Four, Glenn Foley. Five Brooks Bollinger, yeah, or Matt Sims. I'd like okay, or or uh, or Pat Leahy. See, I went Pat Leahy. Oh, Pat Leahy, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, six would be Mark Sanchez. Seven would be Ken O'Brien. Eight would be Browning Nagel. Nine would nine's be, tricky. Uh, can we go? Can we give Gerard nine? No, he never played for them. <laughs> Good night, PJ, everybody. Have you? DJ, final unload. <laughs> this, this is my final show. I'm committing myself to the nearest institution. Hey, thanks for listening to Numerology with Cal and Sam <laughs> PJ, have you ever had a massage? <laughs> what? Segway? Excuse me? <laughs> Downshift, have you ever had a massage? Hold on. He's checking. We got a, uh, the <laughs> show got a text. Your date book? 
You're looking through your date book? He's looking at the log. Joe, we got a, we got a text from uh, Rick Ryan. Oh, okay. Yeah, Rick from was thinking Phil- about calling in tonight to talk about the Islanders. From Phil- from, well, he wrote in, uh, bated breath refers to a state in which you almost stop breathing as a result of some strong emotion such as terror or awe. Right. Now I could I'd see. Add anticipation. I awarded him 10 points for that. That that accurately de- de- depicts the feeling that I had <laughs> when thing. you were talking about your massage. <laughs> Terror and awe. <laughs> we are we are very close friends, you and I. That's probably why that is. Well, Rick there has was... 10 RTU points now, and he can spend them as he wishes. <laughs> Excellent. Wow. So if he... he calls up and says, stop talking about numbers, he can do that. PJ, you can't. Right. He has 10 points. What do you have, PJ? What are you going to do with your RTU points? Are you going to go to the go to the uh, the RTU like store to get and the get the a daily news? I like to get the daily news. You, you could you could get one of those paddles with the ball attached to it. <laughs> That's right. That's in the uh, finger you, trap. I like to get the I like to get the paper finger trap. That's awesome. The the RTU paper finger trap. Yeah. yeah. That's five thousand <laughs> RTU points. Oh no. See, you're going to be you're going to be choosing from something on this shelf, Peach, not on the. The slinky, not on the gold yet. <laughs> not on the gold. The little stuffed uh, frog, the RTU stuffed frog. The slime the, when it uh, comes out of troll. the egg, it picks up all the dirt. Yeah. Can I get the troll doll uh, eraser? No, I'm afraid that's uh that's on the higher shelf there. Oh, the troll doll Man. eraser. Yes, yes, yes. You can get yeah. that definitely. That's only you can two, have an eraser. It's at thirty-two thousand RTU points. <laughs> yeah. Um. We're, we're going to talk about the, the Jets in a second, but have you ever had a massage, PJ? Professional paid? In other words? <laughs> yes. We're, we're not counting the amateur stuff. Yeah, no. <laughs> John Hall. <laughs> this is by, by a uh, licensed masseuse. Right. Not right. Not something that happened at scores. Um, <laughs> the then then no <laughs> then 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 no no i have not right uh okay very good well i suggest if you do uh use this to pass the time you'll get you'll, uh, you'll get that, you'll get to mm. one person <laughs> you'll be like uh let's see uh what if you do numbers of pink floyd members could you do that <laughs> <laughs> You'd only go about five deep on that. <laughs> yeah. It's a quick massage. It's a quick, you, you're just getting the 15-minute deal. You're just doing a foot. Right. I'll tell you. I would, I would have to do something like name, you know, think of a band and rob it and name the albums in my head and then go to another band and name another set of albums. And then do the songs. Like on the album. Oh, yeah. I could so go, like, right. I could go like, deeper, go track list. Right. Go Pink I Floyd, Animals, and the track lyrics list. to the wall. Yeah. Oh, the lyrics. <laughs> that would, yeah, that's what you'd have to do. Yeah. This is this was my I, uh, little. You know uh, what? I have done the entire uh, show of uh, Jesus Christ Superstar in my head. That was like a jury duty thing. I, I had nowhere to go, so I just performed all of JCS in my head. And you were magnificent, by the way. Well, it's hard not to jump ahead. You know, it's it's, it's actually hard. He looks just like in you. In the real tempo, he looks just like you. We gotta tell that story in the fun load. 
That's one of my favorite stories of all time. I think we, we were did. doing numbers in the fun load. We just did numbers. Oh, I thought we were doing them again. Oh, we are? <laughs> I'm only at nine for the Jets. I got a long way to go. <laughs> um, Pete, let's talk about, let us, uh, let us go talk about sports, and then we will come back and do fun load type things. But, but don't go anywhere. We may need you. Because you came up with a great, um, a great not theory. You came up with a great thing about Todd Bowles, where if you say we should call him TB going forward, because if you say Bowles three times, you sound stupid. Yeah, I propose TB because I, I tried saying it Bowles, Bowles, and then Bowles, and it, you know you, they're talking about Bowles. You can't say you can't do it. <laughs> if you got to put three sentences together with his name in it, yeah, you start to sound really dopey. Bowl, he bowl, needs bowl. a nickname fast. Yeah, you know, you know I who mean, can you... do it. You know who can do it. Who's that? Do it. David Lee Roth. What? He can. Why? Bowlsy, bowlsy, bop. Bowlsy, bop. Waiting all night to say that. Were you? Oh when man! Did you send us that text. <laughs> Waiting exactly when he got hired. The minute he got hired. <laughs> the other night, Cal bolsey, had that ready bolsey, to go. Bolsey, bolsey, bop. Bolsey, bolsey. Bolsey, bolsey, bolsey. Um, Peach, we'll talk to you in a few minutes. Let's uh, play the, the, the big unload music. It's um, song that I like, you know. <laughs> it's, it's so nice, this song, this one that you play. What's that one called? That's called uh, Shut Up and Get Off the Phone. Interesting title for a song. Just get off the phone. You're gonna have to change the title if you want to hit. We're gonna change the name of it to Elevation. <laughs> so you're saying that was the U2? That was the uh, the original title of. Uh, of Elevation, was Shut Up and Get Off the Phone? <laughs> I didn't realize they had a song called Elevation. Elevation! Oh, I, I, of course I knew. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Hey, buddy. Um, they have, hired, we, have we gotten untracked? We, we have yet to get untracked. Hey, they uh, they hired a coach, buddy. Yeah, about time. I, do you really? What were they, what were they waiting for? I think they were waiting to uh, interview the candidates uh, in, an, in an appropriate fashion and uh, make a wise um, you know, decision based on – no, I, I don't know what they were waiting for. I think I'm – being, I'm being facetious because so they, there was a lot of talk about what are they waiting for. Right. Just hire a coach. Right. Do you um, – Todd Bowles. Yeah. I, of the Arizona Cardinals. I had a, uh, one of my uh, buddies, uh, Danny uh, Salicito, good guy, real huge Jet fan, um, and he and I have been uh, talking a ton through this process, and um, you know, both of us sort of like junkies for it. And uh, um, he was—he thought that they panicked. He—he he doesn't dislike bowls, but he thought that the ripple effect of John Fox being out caused them to think that there was no way Quinn was going to take the job. Because he was going to, he was more interested in the Denver job. That's right. And he also thought they panicked a little bit because Rex took the Buffalo job. So they thought that 
Rex was going to take the Atlanta job, right? And that Quinn would be theirs. Once the Atlanta job remained open, I think he thinks they sort of panicked thinking that Quinn would go there because it would be a more attractive spot than them. And so they went for Bowles. But then everything you read, Todd Bowles won them over. You know, and, and impressed them so much in the second interview, especially the one with Mike McCognan, that he won them over. Is it McCognan or McCagnan? I, I, the original phonetic send-out on Twitter by Chris Lepresti was M-U-H-C-O-G-N-A-N. McCognan. McCognan. I thought of it as McCognan. Like McCagnan and Lacey. Because <laughs> you just want it to be that. So that you was, can say McCagnan and Lacey. I've been waiting for that one, too. I, I, got, a, I got a list. I got about can, three more I got to get through. So. Scratch that off. Um, I can't wait to hear what you have for Changeli. Um I want to know. Oh, you just you wait. I want to know how you feel about it. Because throughout this process, and now nobody knows this because they're not privy to our conversations. But throughout this process. You were all over the map, it felt like. It felt like. You might not have been in, in actuality, but it felt like you were all over the map. And I thought you were going to be okay with Bulls. And then when they announced the hire, you were not as thrilled as I expected you would be. Not that you didn't like the hire, but I want you to explain to me your feeling on the hire of Todd Bowles. There's There's a couple of things at play here because I'm – traditionally a talk myself into anyone guy right and throughout the process i was a little all over on my second choice but my first choice was quinn was dan quinn most of the time i mean for 90 percent of this since black monday i've kind of wanted quinn he was my first choice but my second choice yes very fair to say it was all over the place um, for the head coach. You know, the GM, we talked about that with Joe Cap, right? Like, none of these guys uh, are bad choices. They're all scouts. They all come from scouting backgrounds. So we really weren't going to go ape crap about who they chose as GM, you know? Um, right. And Mike McCagnan, you know, uh, it seems to be a fine choice. It's going to... I have my reservations about him, too, though. Um, but I... I am determined not to talk myself into these hires immediately. And that's why I was sort of like, my approach is I like both hires, but I don't love both hires. There, I still have a lot of questions that frankly won't be answered for some time. Okay. I think I'm feeling better about Bowles the more I read and the more people who come out and I mean there has been nary a bad word said about this guy and there's been a ton of great stuff said about this guy like the next great coach, leadership abilities, uh you know destined to do this his players are coming out and saying how much they love him, he's quiet and low key but he's a leader. Um, he's a player's coach, but he also knows how to discipline. All great stuff, you know. And guys that you respect coming out and saying, my favorite one was Bruce Arians, Cal. Mm -hmm. And what Bruce Arians said about him, because Bruce Arians was the coach of the year last year, in my opinion. 
And there's an offensive guy who's a complete head coach. Right. And had a tremendous defensive team. Uh, so I feel a little better, but I'm still... Can, have, do you remember the Jets ever... Uh, it's not fair to say this, but certainly in the last five years, can you remember anything the Jets have done that's received pretty much universal praise? No. Right? No. And and I said this to, to, to my buddy Danny today. I said, I'm liking Bowles more and more. I still haven't talked to myself. I'm not going to do that. You you I'm are not. talking yourself into not talking yourself into... I've already Bowles. talked myself into that. But it, when you see so many, the Jets got it right... Hey, give the Jets credit. They got it right for a change. It's always, it's always with always, a caveat. Yeah. Always qualified. Mm-hmm. Or with a qualifier. Thank you. The, the Jets don't get that a lot. So it's not like people just saying it. The, gen, the Jets look, don't get that a lot. Look, we're not looking for the Jets to make moves just so people can say, ah, the Jets got it right. Totally. We, we want them to make the right move for their franchise. Yeah. But... It's it's certainly a change of pace than the circus narrative that's been here for the last five or six years. Hey, look, when when Mike Francesa says the circus has left town. No, 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 no. Say it like him. Sorry. The circus has left town. Okay. Um, he, I mean, obviously he loves bulls because he's a now now today he had a little backlash with that. A Today, bowl, a little bowls lash, a little bowls lash, a little bozalaze, because he couldn't understand why everybody was praising it so much. Nobody knows anything about him, except him. Right, correct. He's like, I know why I like it, right? Because I, I happen to know a little something about him. Mm-hmm. But Jet fans don't know anything about him, and they love it. Well, yeah, because you told us to, dummy. Um. <laughs> Here, here, here are my reservations with Bowles, with Todd Bowles. There's, a, there's a ton to like. Let me give you my three things that I'm, that are hugely wait and see. Okay. The first is an X's and O's one, in looking at his defense. That this is probably the only guy who blitzes more than Rex Ryan, <laughs> and he obviously needs cornerbacks. He obviously needs. There are pieces on that defense, but I just wonder. I'm wondering if he's going to adapt his scheme to what he has or, you know, or he's going to be stubborn in Rex Ryan and, and, you know, still call, you know, so many blitzes and and be such an aggressive attacking defense when he might not have the players to do it. I'm really interested to see how he adapts that defense into his style and if he changes it or he tries to square peg in a round hole sort of thing. That's a reservation. Mm-hmm. Seems like he's, did, I mean, with all the injuries that the Cardinals had this year, seems like he did an amazing job of fitting guys in and still being able to play his scheme. So maybe he can coach up guys, something that Rex Ryan did not do. Reservation number two is the complete head coach thing, right? Like he learned under Parcells. He learned under, you know, he, you know Joe Gibbs. He was a player for Joe Gibbs. You know, like he, he had a lot of great role models in being a complete head coach. But I got to see it. I'm nervous. Okay. That's fair. <clears throat> and three is, 
when it's so universally praised as like uh huh his time has come and stuff like that, like is he the Jets head coach or is he just I guess in the long run it doesn't matter. It I doesn't mean, I yeah, I know you're concerned about that and it doesn't matter. It doesn't. If he turns out to be a great coach then the Jets just got lucky to happen to need a coach when they needed one. Right? Exactly. Exactly. I, and you brought up a very good point the other day in comparing him to Rex Ryan. Um, you don't get the sense, and we and, and we don't know yet because he hasn't spoken. Right. So we don't know what he's feeling, but your concern is that he's not going to love being the Jets head coach specifically. Not and not that not that you're concerned about it. You you use the word spoiled. We've been spoiled for six years because Rex Ryan loved being the Jets head coach. That was everything to him. And you're you're gonna wait and see on Bowles how he approaches the job. Is he gonna love being the Jets head coach or is he gonna just love being a head coach? And it's like would you call it the natural progression? Right. Is he is he just a progression guy where he was due to get a job and it happens to be the Jets? And if it and if that's the case, is that so bad? I just wonder. It it might not be, but I wonder about the commitment. You know what I mean? Like the commitment to the organization. Is it a commitment to himself, or is he committed to the Jets as well? You know? Right. I think he's going to be committed <clears throat> to the job. From everything you hear, he's a tireless worker. He's a. I mean, the the superlatives on this guy from NFL circles are incredible. Yeah, they're he's incredible, been, and he's been around a long time. And he's he not, did choose them over the Falcons. He did. Because he had the second interview set up with the Falcons, and he chose to stay. The Jets didn't let him out of the building. So, right. good, you know, good job by them, too. And good job by them uh, bringing McCagnan on board in time to be involved in the To process. interview him. That's right. You know, because that was the concern. Yep. If the Jets were going to hire a coach before a GM again, or at the very least, they were going to force a coaching candidate on an incoming GM. Right. And I don't think they did that because the reports were that they were ready to fly to Seattle last weekend to talk to Quinn mm-hmm. with McCagnin. With McCagnin, yeah. Right? And then they changed course and interviewed Bowles for a and second time. And McCagnin interviewed Bowles as well. Right. Um, so I, I like, I don't love... You're not over the moon about this one. It's it's not. A, I just haven't. I I I'm refusing to talk myself into stuff that I, I you know uh, I do all the time. I'm tired of doing it. You are taking an uncharacteristically measured approach for you. That's correct. Now McCognan, McCagnan, Mac, we'll call him. I have more reservations about. Well, we don't know as much about him. We don't, and the notion. Or my biggest problem with him, not biggest problem, that's saying it too harshly. My biggest concern is... Your biggest beef? My biggest beef is that he's he's been sitting in a bunker in Houston, you know, for 10 years. For 12 years. And now he's the GM of the New York Jets in New York. It's probably one of the five hardest GM jobs in the NFL. Because the fan base, well, we saw what they did to the last guy. So the fan base is unbelievably impatient. The owner is, as we're hearing, meddlesome um, at times and at other times clueless. And Woody Johnson, we've said this before, is all over the map. Like one minute he's telling you to go get Brett Favre 
and the next minute he's telling you to leave $20 million under the cap and not go get Darrell Rivas, you know, or whatever. He's all over the place. So it's a hard job. Yeah. It's a very hard job as far as NFL GM jobs go. And it's not for the, you know, certain personalities. I mean, as we just found out with John Itzik. You were going to say weak at heart. I was going to say weak at heart. I was going to sing it like Jimmy Durante. <laughs> and then I remembered the song is Young at Heart. It's Young at Heart. And said weak at heart doesn't make any sense. It's not for the faint of heart either. No. It's really much more the expression than weak of heart. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Who says weak of heart? Wait, you know who says that? A DJ in Seattle. <laughs> That's right. It's going to be a week of heart. <laughs> what about Here's Magic that? Man. I cannot stand heart. Cannot stand them. Really? Can't stand them. So then you won't be joining me at City Field this year <laughs> for the post-game concert featuring heart. That's right. I may leave Bayside just to not be in Queens at the Queens. same at the same time as Hart uh, that weekend. I may go away. Wow, that's that's cannot wow. stand them. The first three bars of Barracuda come on, I'm out. I can't change the radio fast enough. Can't. This is this is can't stand them. This is shocking. I have a ton of respect for the Wilson sisters. Can't stand them. What about love? Yeah. What about it? Save it. <laughs> what about it? <laughs> Barracuda. That's crazy. Oh, Magic Man. Oh, that's, they're terrible songs. They're terrible songs? Can you argue that they were period songs, though? I guess that's their only defense, right? What was Magic? The Magic Man was in a movie, too. I, I can't. Oh, it's got to it? be in a Cameron Crowe movie. Since yeah, that's but his I don't. Wife. Think, yeah, was it? In, I don't think it was in Almost Famous. Maybe it was. Is it? Isn't it? It might have been, but it just it felt like it fit the the time yes. perfectly. You listen to it now, and it's like, eh. is that like when he gets high and and I I that's what I yeah. want to say. Oh, it's so bad. Oh man, see. And now, hey, 99.75 Seattle's Rocket is a week of heart. That's not, that's not even a radio station. No, uh, I, I just made it up. 90, that's too many numbers. What did I do there? 99.75. <laughs> not even the, the, the new numbering convention of a radio station. 101.862 and a half squared. The Fox. <laughs> <laughs> the fox. It's time for a week of heart. <laughs> That's the only time week of heart is used. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Jets general manager Hold on. is not go with the faint of heart. I could have sworn I've heard week of heart before. <laughs> yeah, that's that's when. And then, dun, 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 Barracuda. You're thinking of Heart Week. <laughs> That's my bad. <laughs> Which right. could also be a week on Dr. Oz talking about heart health. <laughs> heart Week. It's Heart Week. Let me go back. Let me go back to yeah. the New York Jets general manager job. Please. 
because I want it to I want it to be you I want it to be counterpoint. We're playing face off, right? Yes. Right. On on S N Y tonight. Yeah. I want it to be your counterpoint where you said High and tight. <laughs> <laughs> Up and in. We should we should we should tell people what we're talking about the other Technical night. Technical foul. <laughs> the other night Count, you and I were discussing how many S N Y failed like point counterpoint shows there have been and they all have like, like same cliches. Like sports cliche names. Up and in. High and tight. In the box. Up the middle. Down and away. And they all star Mark Melusis and, and Salicata. <laughs> Up and away. <laughs> in your kitchen. Flag on the play. <laughs> Too many men on the ice. With Sacrifice Fly. <laughs> With Mark Melusis and Sal Licata. And then the show involves screaming. The two of them screaming at each right, other. They just yell, well, they yell at you, too. Or they yell at you for being an idiot. A lot of times they just yell at you. Yeah. A lot of times they're just yelling at you, the viewer. Like, why, why, would, I, why would I watch that? Why would I want to be yelled at? Fourth and goal. On SNY. Yellow card. Jado Smith is never going to be your quarterback. Why are you yelling at me? I'm I'm right here. First of all, I'm right here. Right. And if you think he is, you're nuts. You you got to screw loose. Darrell Revis is never going to play for the Jets again, dummy. Why? You're just sitting there drinking your coffee. Like, why did you? Why? What did I, call, I do? Why are you calling me a name now? I how feel do like. You know, how do you know I thought that? <laughs> you don't know. I move, do know. Move the chain. Technical foul. Slapped with a T. <laughs> on SNY. Coming up next on Two Minute Warning, Malusis throws the flag. <laughs> That's great. He, like, physically throws a flag. Like, literally, foul. Right. And he points to the camera. <laughs> You're out. Uh, anyway. Yes, back to the general manager. You're going to provide a counterpoint. Go. I am. uh, Sitting in a bunker in Houston for 12 years. Houston or Houston? You would know that. Houston or Houston? Boy. What do you got? Um, It's Houston. Okay. Because there's an H. Got it. The the H is not silent. No. Houston. Houston. Sitting in a bunker in Houston for 12 years. I think. (laughs) Again. May, right. need, may need to check with uh, the Texas authorities on that one. And, and by Texas authorities, I don't mean the police in Texas. I'm talking about my in-laws. <laughs> <laughs> because they're authorities on Texas. Correct. They're not actual they're law not, enforcement they're officials. Not, that's correct. State of Texas. <laughs> Hi, Texas State Police. Is it Houston or Houston? It's Houston. It's Houston, yes. Houston, we have a problem. Correct. Not Houston, we have How a problem. How good is Ed Harris in that movie? Which one's that? <laughs> when you just quoted. I wasn't quoting a movie. That was that was actual, uh, what happened with the Apollo 13. And there, was, you, and there you have your movie. I wasn't quoting the movie, though. Houston, we have a problem. That was a line from history. That's American history. Yeah, but but what do you know it from? American history. Would you have ever known that line without that movie? Um, I think so. (laughs) 
I, I did go to school. <laughs> I don't remember reading that. That was a very famous line. As a part, as part of, as part of Apollo 13's Cal. legacy and lore. Thank you, PJ. So you don't think it in any way, shape, or form the movie sort of memorialized that? I'm sure. I'm I sure. I think that. I think that that is the only code you speak in, and you just assume that everything that we're saying is a quote from something else. Let me ask that, you a question. That was entertainment. Let me ask you both a question. And do you okay. know that Houston, the man uh, for whom the city is named, uh, pr- named, pronounced his own name, Houston? Sam Houston? Yes. Yeah. That is true. Let me ask you both a question. Do you That's think right. that the majority of people in this country know, Houston, we have a problem from the movie or from school? The majority of people. Why? Why? Why are we referencing the majority of people in the country? Uh, because I'm trying to get a little gauge here. You're you're claiming that I uh, sort of brought up the movie out of thin air because I can only speak in pop culture references, and I yes, immediately assume that is it's my live firm movie. accusation. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a very solidly supported one. Don't it's get hard me wrong. to disprove. <laughs> However, I think in this case, if you asked people, the majority of them would know it from the movie and not from their textbook in sixth grade. I don't know if it was sixth grade. You're a little testy now. Miss Scarfy's class? I feel like, yes. Cal and I had the same, Cal and I were in sixth grade together, Peach. Miss Scarfy. Great teacher. She was really good. She was an excellent teacher. We should, this is a perfect opportunity to send our, uh, our roving reporter out on the street, to do RTU on the street, to ask people, say, do you know, Houston, we have a problem from the movie Apollo 13 or from actual history? Send somebody out there. With you know microphone. what most of them would say? They'd say, I understand that they used that in the movie because that's what they said on, on the spaceship there. Yeah, like Ed Harris didn't say that. <laughs> he said it in the movie. He didn't say it in the movie. Tom Hanks says it well, in Tom the movie. Tom Hanks said it in the movie, but... It wasn't Tom Hanks's line. Like he was the first. I person get to say that, that it's a real line from history. I get that. I'm saying most people you probably understand, didn't you know that. that for the movie is an actor and not an astronaut, right, Steve? What's that now? You know that Tom Hanks is an actor and not an astronaut. Says you. He's not a lawyer. <laughs> he can do anything <laughs> he wants. That Tom Hanks. He doesn't He's work. Not been shipwrecked. He doesn't work for FedEx. He has not dressed in drag, as far as we know. To live in an apartment building? That's that's based on a true story as well. With with Peter Scolari? Correct. <laughs> Correct. Young struggling actors, that's a true story. Bosom Buddies, true story. Also based on history. Yes. Bosom Buddies? That's true. Was, was based <laughs> yeah. on the Apollo thirteen <laughs> mission? Based on the Apollo Absolutely <laughs> true. The uh fine, fine. You guys are right, I'm wrong. No, Whatever. That's not what we're looking for. Oh, I'm not saying late. you're wrong, and Cal, Cal is not saying you're wrong. Cal you just is did. saying, what makes you think that I wouldn't be referencing history? That's all. Because I see everything through the prism of movie quotes. That's what I said. And Don't I throw that on Cal now. And I think that's... Well, Cal agreed. I'm He's much more agreed. willing to start a fight than Cal is. <laughs> the ruiner. <laughs> he just came in and ruined the podcast and the friendship. Good job. 
He comes in and knocks two, over a Jenga two for board. One. <laughs> the Ruiner. The Ruiner. <laughs> hey, you gonna eat that pizza? The Ruiner. He licks it. <laughs> Takes a bite and goes, nah, I don't like anchovies. Throws it down. Not gonna eat it now. I licked it. The Ruiner. The ruiner. Mind if I and take I... this last donut? Oh, I don't like these. <laughs> but I've touched it and I have a cold. The Ruiner. <laughs> the Bruce ruiner. Willis is dead. <laughs> the Ruiner. <laughs> um, I think that's twelve gonna... years. Twelve years in a bunker in Houston. Yes. Twelve <laughs> <laughs> years in a bunker in Houston. That's another Mitch album. Uh, that's, no. <laughs> that's another Mitch album book, right? The follow-up to Tuesdays with Maury. My <laughs> my character. <laughs> what was it? Wednesdays. Uh... Wednesdays in heaven or something like that. Uh, the counterpoint is that maybe the 12 years in the bunker in Houston has prepared him for this position. Well, some of the things, that's fair. Some of the things I read, I, I, I'm going by the, um, the the great NFL writer, uh, John McClain, I think, not die hard. <laughs> Don't say it. <laughs> You know that that's Bruce Willis, right? <laughs> Who writes those articles? And you do know Bruce Willis is not a New York City police officer, Steve, right? You you do know that. <laughs> is it John McClane? Yes. That writer I'm thinking of? It, I think so. Um, he's a you know 35 plus years NFL writer, writes for the Houston Chronicle, and he has sort of been the authority to me on McCognan because he seems to know him. He's known him for a long time, and he had uh, a copious amount of praise for him, saying he's ready, he's a sharp talent evaluator, hard worker. You'll never meet you know blah blah blah. And he was on actually he was on SNY um, uh, the other night, you know, doing a phone interview, and he said. His only reservation would be he's been in Houston for a long time, and now he's going to be suddenly in the spotlight of being the New York Jets general manager. And he has to, he's curious to see how his personality pans out because he's a little bit laid back and he's a little bit quiet. And okay. I think what, what I was trying to get across to you guys, and what I'm really curious about is. The general manager, in many ways, can also sort of set the tone that the team is going to have with the media. Um, you know, under Tannenbaum, there were too many leaks. It was uh, ridiculous. The ship be sinking at all times because everybody was leaking information everywhere. And everybody was leaking stuff to the press everywhere. Then John Itza came in and he went too far the other way. So he became – he shut off everything and became way too paranoid – and didn't let anybody in. Mm-hmm. So the hope is that this guy's somewhere in the middle. Because it is important. It's important how your team is covered. It's important the relationship that the writers have with the general manager, with the team. And so I'm just curious to see how he handles that. And also, my other big reservation is he's never negotiated a contract in his life. No. He, he's going to need some help with that. Well, he's the, he's he's the opposite of of Idzik. Idzik was not Idzik did not have the personnel experience 
that we thought that he we we knew he was a bean counter, but we did not know what kind of personnel. We assumed he had none. We were sold that he had more. He probably didn't have as much as we thought. Right. He right. also never got to bring in his own scouts either. But which which if he if he was a strictly a bean counter, which it seems like he was, he would have needed to do to to be successful at the job. Right. Um. So we'll see. I mean, I, I you know that's that's the that's the kind of key point here. We'll see. We don't yeah. know. We have to hear from Bowles. We have to hear from McCagney. We want to like. I'm not talking. I like the hire. I don't love the hire. I, I'm not, I'm not talking myself into it that it's going to be fantastic. And then when you hear rumors that Gene Smith is going to be brought in in some capacity in the front office because he's close with uh, with McCagney, now I'm panicked. That's not something to be panicked about. Well, why? Why would you want this guy anywhere near your organization? You know, Dom Cosentino wrote Maybe the article. Learned. learned what? Not to draft a punter in the third round. I mean, it's mm. not like his player evaluations were stellar there either. Blame Gabbert. Blame Gabbert in the first round. No, I, I don't want him anywhere near my pro personnel or scouting. So okay. that that gave me huge pause. Now, it's just a rumor and nothing's been made official or whatever, but it came yeah. from Schefter. And Schefter is usually not a, you know, a sort of uh, pick up any rumor and printed kind of guy. Right. I just, I'm refusing to just talk myself into guys. I do it all the time with all my teams. I'm tired of it. That's fine. You know, I'm 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 I like these two guys. I don't love these two guys. They're good. Now, let's go to Chan Gailey. Mhm. You know what's fascinating about Chan Gailey, Cal? And it's like the cult of Chan Gailey. It, it has less to do with him and just more to do with social media and where it exists now with sports or whatever. When you first heard that name, you're like, "Oh, you got to be kidding me." Right? That that was the immediate That's reaction. Immediate. Yeah. Right away. Oh. Really? And then and then you have some that take a measured approach and go look at it. Chan Gailey or you know, certain guys, just certain names like have a reputation. Right. Wade Phillips. Wade Phillips. Perfect example. Right. You hear that name, no. I don't want any part of him. Perfectly good perfectly good defensive coordinator, Wade yep. Phillips. North Turner's another one. Right, it's it's sort of like the failed head coach. Some guys are just not meant to be head coaches. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But Gary, again, Gary Kubiak may be one of those guys. Right. But again, I'm not talking myself into Chan Gailey. I talked myself into Marty Morningway. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I won't. I can't. I can't. I'm turning into Sally Field now. I can't. I can't. I can't. I won't. I won't. I won't. Steel Magnolias. See, I have a sensitive side. And, of course, I see everything through the prism of movies. Moving on. <laughs> just for PJ's point for him. Great. <laughs> Never going to hear the end of that one. He just sat back and let that happen. Yeah, he just he just lit a cigar. It's fine. Just sat back, took a sip of cognac, and lit a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not talking... I. I if you go look at Chan Gailey's experience as an offensive coordinator and look at the offenses that he's run and look at the quarterbacks that he's had, he actually makes a ton of sense. He, he's gotten a lot of production out of 
guys like Cordell Stewart and Tyler Thigpen and Ryan Fitzpatrick. The thing that I like about... He's been out of football for two years, Cal. This is the guy you absolutely have to have? Well, if he likes him and he's going to help him with the transition, just remember, it's his first time being a head coach. Chan Gailey knows something about being a head coach. He wasn't a good head coach, but he at least knows what the job entails. Right. Right? So if he's a guy that, that Todd Bowles trusts to help him you know, transition into being a head coach and having more control over the entire team, it's worth a shot. The one thing I liked about Chan Gailey that I read is that he's not a systems guy and he's adaptable. And we've seen guys in here for the last however many years not be adaptable. They came in with their system and they tried to force the personnel into their system. Right. And I, I like the idea of somebody coming in who's not married to a system, who's going to evaluate the personnel that he's, he has to work with and then build something around them. Right. It feels like more of an opportunity to set them up to succeed. And that's what we always wanted. Yeah. Remember, like with Sanchez and with Geno Smith, we always wanted an opportunity, you know, set them up in a good situation. Set yeah. them up. They they set them up for failure by forcing them into something that they they weren't going to get. Right. Schottenheimer, Sperano, Morningweg. No, that's that's fair, and he does he does seem that again. It's not the worst thing in the world. I just don't understand why you need a guy, a sixty three year old guy who's been out of football for two and a half years. You know, somebody made the point of saying, you know, Chan Gailey was Chip Kelly, you know, fifteen years ago or ten years ago. You know, uh, sort of revolutionizing, the, or you know, when he had Cordell Stewart or whatever, he was sort of uh, had a re- relatively revolutionary offense in what he was running. Get, you know, getting guys in space, short passes. Now, I will say, I wonder if because I've seen this in a lot of places from NFL writers and stuff that I that I respect, um, or whose opinions I respect, that. Chan Gailey's offense or what he wants to do would work well with Geno Smith. I wonder if Todd Bowles gets the Atlanta Falcons job if his offensive coordinator is Chan Gailey. I bet you not. Yeah, maybe it's like Mark Tressman or maybe it's you know somebody Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan that fits with Matt Ryan a little better. So I'm wonder. I'm hoping that. Bulls choosing Chan Gailey is in part and uh, what he has at quarterback. Which, if that's the case, that's a great decision just off the bat. Right. That's bringing in an offensive coordinator based on the personnel that you have that you think is going to best suit the personnel you have. What do you make of Geno Smith now, Cal? Is, you see in so many places that he's unsalvageable. and We talked a couple weeks ago about how interesting it would be for the new general manager to come in and have as his quarterback a guy he probably scouted two years ago. And McCognan probably, or I would say definitely scouted him because two years ago they had the number one overall pick. Didn't they? Houston? Yes. Yeah, they took Clowney last year. Last year they had the number one overall pick. Two years ago in the Geno draft they didn't. Two years ago in the Geno draft they had a very late pick. 
Right. They had a good season the year before. But they might they might have they might have scouted him a ton. They had Matt Schaub at quarterback. I'm sure they did. Yeah. I'm just saying it, it's you have a guy who you have a fresh report on. I wonder what McCognan thinks of him. And and since he's such a scouting sort of guru, I wonder if I, I just wonder what's going on there with Geno Smith. And is he unsalvageable? I mean, people seem to have written him off. Is he unsalvageable, Cal? I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. I don't know, but you know what? I'm willing to give him another chance with a different coordinator. I'm willing to, I'm willing to give him a chance. What I would, what actually what I would like to see, kind of what you hear, bring in a veteran quarterback to compete with him. And then let's see what happens. Yeah. You know, well, there are three guys that I, you know, looking at the free agents, there were three guys I would pursue without a doubt. One is Matt Moore. Um, one is Ryan Mallett, and um, and and the other one would be um, uh, Jake Locker. I know Jake Locker's hurt all the time, but I think there's so much upside there with Jake Locker if he could just, you know, kind of put it together and stay healthy. What do you, um, the name Mike Glennon? came up today. Yeah, saw that as a potential trade, right? Potential trade. I liked I liked Mike Glennon enough out of college. Um you know, I don't what the hell do I know? I mean I'm not a scout or anything, but you know, he had a lot of success his rookie year. And they won some games and like he wasn't terrible by any means. He's big kid, right? Yeah. He's big kid big, kid, a, big arm. Yeah, big I you know I would take a flyer on him. I'm not Doing it for a third round pick. I'll tell you that much. That was sort of bandied about today. No chance. Um I I think Ryan Mallett's a guy who's really intriguing. Maybe. He's a free agent? He's a free agent. Okay. Yeah. But th- this is all, you know, to come. They they we got, got a lot guys, of time yeah. to talk about this. They got the two guys in place and they got forty nine million dollars in cap room. Thank you, John Itzik. I think Chan Gailey does mean there's a really good um, uh, post to the uh, Buffalo, one of the Buffalo uh, uh, fan blogs. Great post where the guy broke down. It was from 2012, and he broke down Chan Gailey's offense uh, really well, very intelligently. Yeah, it's just one guy's opinion, but uh, it was very well informed, and it was an interesting breakdown of what Chan Gailey's trying to do in terms of creating mismatches and uh, what kind of you know zone uh, zone blocking running scheme and stuff, and and what kind of backs maybe work for him really well. I finished reading it and I said, if this is true, um, and it does sort of, it does sort of play out from the offenses he's run in the past, mm-hmm. some of the players that he had in the offenses that he's run in the past. This is true. Percy Harvin's not going anywhere, which you know, would be great. You're going to find a way to renegotiate his contract or rework his contract, and you're going to find a way to keep him here. And then my first off-season priority would be C.J. Spiller. Okay. You know, to to come in and be a compliment to Chris Ivory. Um, You're not bringing Chris Johnson back? No. Okay. No. No. No, I want Spiller. I mean, Spiller's five years younger or six years younger, and Spiller had a tremendous year in Changeli's offense. Um. You know, when Changeli was the head coach uh, at Buffalo, you know, Spiller had that, like, thousand combined yard season with eight touchdowns and, you know... He's, he's sc- not stay healthy. He is fragile, for sure. 
Um, but I think he's a. I would. I would definitely take a flyer on him. And, and not a flyer. I mean, I would sign him to a two, three-year deal, give him pretty good money. I would make sure I got C.J. Spiller in here. I really would. Okay. Um, and I, and I would definitely have Harvin back. I, I overall, I feel my favorite thing about everything, Cal, is that I think the search was well run, well organized, um, and a much better job this time. I think it was thorough. I think they interviewed what, like seven GM candidates, six head coaching candidates. Yeah. And they got a guy that was in high demand. If Todd Bowles doesn't take the Jets job, he's getting a job. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, he gets either the Atlanta job or he gets maybe he gets the Chicago job. I mean, he gets a job. Um, so we'll see. You know, it's a lot of it's a lot of wait and see. Um, with these guys, like I'm just remaining cautiously optimistic. I like the hires. I don't love the hires. That's fine. You don't have to love them, but be open to them. Yes. No. Absolutely. That's the important. I know. I'm. I'm happy with them. I will say I'm happy with them. You know, I, I feel like they they did well, but it remains to be seen how well. And again, I gotta I gotta hear McCognan talk. I have to. Just give me some confidence that you're gonna be like a guy. <laughs> you don't have to light up the room or anything, but just give me a little confidence. You know, I'm not as worried about that as Bulls. All right, um, you want to talk about the Islanders real quick? Sure. Wow. Gosh, was that fun on Tuesday. <laughs> Islanders-Rangers. Uh, that game was... Uh, I was so impressed with that. Was it back to being fun again? Tell me it was back to being fun again, please. Um... Yeah, it it was um, it was impressive, you know. It really was. It was because they said all the they said, not all the right things. They said going into the game how they they kind of acknowledged how important the game was, right? They didn't shy away from well, it's just another game. They were pretty pretty honest about the fact that it's not just another game. It's right. an important game, but mostly important from the standpoint that the team is five points. The Rangers are five points behind us. With they've three games thir- in hand. They've won 13 out of 14 games. They're gaining on us. It's important because we got to put a stop to that. Yeah. And they just had just swept the West Coast and taken six points in, you know, in, in four nights against you know, San Jose, the Kings. Yeah. So, so you, know, you hear them talk about it, and then you see them go out on the ice and play the way that they did. And they, they meant business on yes. Tuesday night. For the first time since the beginning of the season, you know, well, maybe for the first time since that Chicago game, right, against, against the Blackhawks at home, they were out there and they meant business, and they were like, "Hey, we're in first place. We're going to show you why." And yep. and and they 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 played a, a, a. There were some things I didn't like. I can rain on it a little bit if you want. I prefer, I, I prefer you didn't. Yeah, I'm not going to. Um, Overall, because, because it's nitpicky. It is. It's a little nitpicky. There's There are some things that I'm not happy with right now. But I was really happy overall with the game on Tuesday night. And, I'm, and I am even more excited about tomorrow night's game against Pittsburgh because I want to see how they bounce back. They traditionally have a Ranger hangover. Yeah. But they can't afford a Ranger hangover because they've got Pittsburgh for first place tomorrow night. And then they go up to Montreal on Saturday. A team, one of the only three, 
one of the only three teams they have not beaten in the conference yet this year. Right. So let's see what happens. Do you play CJ? Which game do you play CJ? Montreal. Yeah, I agree. You play CJ. You play Halak tomorrow night against Pittsburgh. Yeah. And you play Halak on Monday against Philly. Yeah. Going into the All Star break, and now he's an All Star. He is. I know you're not happy about that. I want him to turn it down. I know. So Halak is an All Star. I think that's good. It is good for his uh, his ego, his confidence. From what everything I've read, he's sort of a that can be a little tricky with him. It's good for the team, too. It is good for the team. Well, to, bring, to have two all-stars there is, is good for the team. Yeah, it brings more, it brings more awareness to, to the Islanders nationally. Sure. sure. So, um, and, and internationally. You know what I thought was one of the biggest differences in that game Tuesday night, Cal, was Boy Chuck and Letty. We're two guys that are not are unmoved by the big spot, are unmoved by the big game. Nah, I, okay. Boychuk was tremendous. I think that they are moved by the big game and play accordingly. No, but but I'm, what I'm saying is they're they're not rattled by it. They're no, not, I, no. I think it's I think it's the opposite. I they think raise their game, right? Exactly. And there's no. I I also think you're you're talking about two guys who have won a Stanley Cup, who have been to the highest of the high. Nothing's too big for them, right? Not to, on on Tuesday night. I didn't get that much out of Letty. I just felt like Letty played his game. Boychuk, I noticed stepped up the game. Yeah. I, I thought Letty played a, 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 his usual solid game, it's but fine. as a defense pairing too, just, you know, the giveaways were missing and the, you know, they were, they were, you know, they were much better, you know, with the puck, they were much better moving the puck out of their own zone. They're just less sloppy. There had been a lot of sloppiness with the whole defense pairing, you know, but you got to say even Brian Strait played a solid game. And he wasn't terrible. From 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 Tavares down to whoever you want to call the twenty fourth guy on the team It's Brian Strait. Let's say it's Brian Strait. Um, they were into that game. Yeah, they were into that game. I mean, and Bailey Bailey played a very solid game. I just see Boychuk and Letty as like a big difference from even two years ago when they were you know making the run and and getting into the playoffs. They're a huge yeah. difference because that's a big game, but they're fine. Right, you know, they're, they're, and that's going to rub off on the team yeah. in the locker room. Right, there's there seems to be a calmness, and then you see Boychuk put Nash down and 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 sort of be really tight checking against that line, and Nash has you know been on fire, on mm-hmm. fire, and they shut that line down. Now he did have the opportunity where he hit the post, and then Broussard hit the post right after him. Um, but it, that first period to me was even. Uh, I thought the Rangers outplayed the Islanders in the first. No, nah, I, I don't think by much. I mean, don't forget, don't forget, Oposo hit a post in the first period too. Yeah, I I thought it was pretty even. I thought I thought the Rangers outplayed them, and then the Islanders adjusted between periods and came out and really took the game. To no, the, the Islanders Rangers. destroyed them in the second period. You know, I mean, they just absolutely destroyed them in the second period. And then most impressive of all, yes, was the way they played the third period. Yep. Yeah, because they did not sit back and turtle up with a three nothing lead. Yeah, which. That's the thing. Uh, that's the takeaway from the game that I had is they've learned their lesson that they got. They blew those three nothing leads earlier in the season. Yeah, they they appear to have learned their lesson. I don't want to say that they've you know you know beef over with them. <laughs> it's they 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 appear to have righted the ship. Three nothing lead. They played differently. They didn't play cautious or or scared. You know, 
No. And they also and they also played smarter. You know, Butch Goring was talking about uh, Butchie was talking about Cal like get you know playing the dump and chase. You shouldn't turn the puck over. You shouldn't you know you don't need to get the puck deep. And certain guys didn't on certain shifts, and and other guys did, and and they did more often than not. Right. You know, get the puck deep. There's no need to turn it over in the middle of the ice. You shouldn't be turning the puck over in the neutral zone. You know, get get the puck deep, chip and chase, and and they back checked really well all game. I mean, the forwards did an excellent job back checking all game. Um, it was just an impressive effort. I'm I'm super interested to see how they come out tomorrow night too. So I got two things for you before sure. we move on from the Islanders. Sure. Number one, I want to get your take on the coach. You can have it. I just hand it over. Barracuda. <laughs> you have to give credit where credit is due. I thought he coached a very good game Tuesday night. And what do you think about his comment leading up to the game about, well, you know, they're the hottest team in hockey right now and we're just going to play the underdog role. I thought it was great. You think that that, that was a, a little psychological warfare being played? I don't know. Warfare. <laughs> Is that too much? I think it was I think it was a clever motivational tactic that he used and it was the right think, one to to use. Right. You think I it, thought you, so before the game and then I really thought so after the game. Okay. Because when you when you hear, it's amazing with this team. And this is one of the reasons why I've gone back and forth on Capuano. I know I have, and I think I support him a little bit more than you do. Yeah, I'm mostly fourth. <laughs> yeah, and I'm and I'm kind of on board with him because I think there's a connection in that room with the players. That we don't play, know about, right? I think the players really like him, and the reason why I say that is because whenever you hear him speak and then you hear the players speak, it's like they're speaking his language. They they often echo his sentiments. Yeah. They but even even down to using the same phrases. Right. You know, playing the two hundred foot game. Right, right, right. Getting into the dirty areas. The dirty areas. And, right, right, right. And it's and and I think. Even the that, dreaded battle level. They do that because they respect him. Right. You know, and I think there's a lot to be said. He's he's not a great in game coach. You know he, he struggles as a tactician sometimes. Yes, I I totally agree. Some, I, of, the, some I, of the some of the moves are head scratching. Right, and I think that I think that that's if there's a failing of his, I think that's what it is. Right. I don't think it's lack of motivation. I don't think it's lack of respect in the room. I think he does a pretty good job with that, and a pretty good job of connecting with his players. Remember, he came up with a lot of these players yep. from Bridgeport, yep. so they've been with him for a long time on two different levels, and I think. Uh, I I tend maybe to overrate that, but I always think it's really important the role of a manager, a coach. It could be with your team on that level. Yeah. More so than just the X's and O's. Right. So. I thought he did. He got to give credit where credit is due. He did a really good job. Uh, you know, getting matchups and stuff, even though they were you know on the road and and getting the guys he wanted on the ice and sort of limiting the exposure of Straight and Hickey. Um, you know, at certain times. I thought he did a really good job. And, you know, this team lost those two games, Cal, to Edmonton and Vancouver and just looked awful. And then he leaned on his captain. His captain had a tremendous game and, you know, sort of single-handedly won a game for them. You know, they and if you remember, they did not look good in that Devils game. No, they didn't, but they found a way to get 
he the captain That's found right. a way to bail them yeah. out. Yeah, he leaned on his captain, and the captain bailed him out. And then and what happened the next night? The next night they were dominant. Right. They completely dominated Columbus. Right. So I I have to give credit where it's due to Tavares because I've kind of been hard on him. You've been very hard on him I as feel a captain. Like. Very hard. Tuvari. John Tuvari. John Tuvari. John Tavares. 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 How do you say it? T. He said it like T U H. Tong Tong Voorhees. I mean, we're talking about the the guy at SNY who just butchers John Tavares' yeah. name. Well, John Tavares. Yeah, they're going to know his name. Hey, can enough. you can you figure out how to say? He's only been in the league five years. Can you figure out how to say his name, please? I give him credit. He yeah, did, yeah. He, he yeah. did a great job, and he stepped it up. Now, the other thing I wanted to, to get your take on, mm-hmm. how do you feel that it was the Rangers that they beat? How much of this is, like, they played a great game, and whoever they would have beaten in that game would have been great. But how much more sweet is it for you that it's the Rangers that they did this to? It's, it's, Unbelievable how much I hate that team. <laughs> There's, there is really no other team I enjoy beating more than the Rangers. The Patriots. Yep. I'm gonna put the Rangers ahead of that. The Yankees. Eh. Hmm. Now you know Jets Patriots playoff. Russia. Russia. <laughs> there you go. Russia's Russia will be up there. Jets Patriots playoff game. You know, the, the, the divisional playoff game in 2010 is probably one of my favorite sports victories as a fan ever. Uh, it's a top five. Okay. Um, but just, the other four. just to put you uh, on the spot. Okay. Um, sure. Obviously, game six of the 1986 World Series is number one. Okay. Um, game seven is probably number two because it's the only world championship I have. You give, you give seven over six then. I mean, you give six over seven. Yes. Wow. I think I do. Wow. Only because I just remember being so despondent that they were going to lose. I mean, tears. I watched every game that season in 86. If they had a day game, I called in sick to work or school, as it were. I would fake an an illness. What kind of job hired a (laughs) 12-year-old? I would I think call labor laws against that to the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory, and I would call out for the day. See, I have some history too, buddy. I didn't even see that in the movie. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I, I mean, I watched every game, and they were about to lose the World Series after winning 108 games in the regular season, and just to be. You know, two outs and and down to your final strike, and I just well, it wasn't final strike, it was final out, because I think Carter was 0-1 when he got the base hit. Um, although they were down to their final strike, I guess, and in other at bats, right? Ray Knight was down to his final strike, right? Um, did I ever tell you my game six story? I believe you did. I went to sleep. Yeah. My mother woke me up. Now, my mother didn't wake me up knowing that this was going to happen, clearly. She woke me up thinking that I would want to see the way that it ended. (laughs) Brian, 
almost over. You want to watch the end? She woke me up <laughs> with the intention of me watching the Red Sox win the World Series. <laughs> Needless to say, it worked out well, but that was not the intent. Why would you do that to a 12-year-old kid? Especially a 12-year-old kid like you. Who who, lived and died with this team. Who watched every game and loved the Mets more than was probably healthy at the time. Why would you do that? Wake up. Hey. Hey. Your dream is over. Wake up. (laughs) Come watch. Come watch your dream die on the field. Uh, I'm I'm so glad she did, though. Yes. Because then I got to see it. All right. So those are... That's two. Six, Three is the Jet game. Seven. Jets. Uh, Jets. Patriots. All right. Give me. I need two more. <sighs> Give me two more. I would have to say. I. I. I oh boy. I put it up there. Jets. Chargers. No. Although I did love that game. That was. That was another one they weren't supposed to win. Yeah, I did love that game. I'm going to I'm going to put Isles the Isles Caps playoff game the 5 overtime uh game as as one of my cuz I I I watched and then listened to on the radio that game in its entirety. Okay? And that was that was pretty good. Although it it's probably tied with See, you know, I can name games in the Stanley Cup years, but I was, you know, 8 years old, 9 years old or whatever. Right. Right. Uh, the Volick goal over the Penguins. Yep, is pretty high up there. Pretty high up there. Yeah, I'll go with that. You're gonna go with that. I'll go with that, and then so you got the two Met games, the Jet game, the Islanders Volick game. Yeah, and then I would probably put the um, the I, you could put the Jets Pennington win over the Chargers. I love that game, man. I love Chad Pennington. That was no. Gosh. I'm I'm talking about the Sanchez yeah. No, game. I know I know you were. I know you were talking about the '09 game when they went to the then they wound up in the AFC Championship game against the uh, the Colts. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the '04 game with Pennington. Oh right, right. Where they beat the Chargers and what's his name Nick uh, Nate Kading missed the two field goals. Yes, and, and then they lost to Pittsburgh the next week. They lost to Pittsburgh the next week on the Doug Bryan game. Right. Um. That 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 jet game is a pretty good one for me. Pennington throws the bomb to Santana Moss and flexes, does the flex, yes. points to yes. his bicep. Um, that's a pretty good one. That's it's tough. One. You know the Colts home playoff win, forty-one nothing, forty-one nothing, which I was at. That's a good one. That's a good one. There's a lot of them. You got five. I should have more Mets ones. Well, I, 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 game six against Houston game is in my is in my top yeah, five. I got to put that in there. You're absolutely right. I sat in the same lucky position for 17 innings. Yeah. If I have arthritis someday, it's because it, of that. It's night. not going to be because of because of playing baseball for all those years. It's going to be because for so many of these events, I have sat in stupid lucky positions <laughs> and not moved. And that one was my right leg crossed over my left leg, my left arm on the arm of the chair. And then my right arm holding the remote um, over my uh, right leg. Just 17 innings. Stuck. Six, 16. You didn't 
16. It was in 17. 16 innings, sorry. That's, a, that's like a big fish story. Uh, I, I actually started listening to that game at football practice that yep. day. Yep. I had a Walkman wired into my helmet. I was a scrub, so I didn't really play because uh, I was in seventh grade. I was not uh, uh, playing. And I had a Walkman into my helmet. And No, wait. No, I was in sixth grade. Seventh grade. We were in seventh grade. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And then I listened to it, listened to it on the bus on my Walkman, and then got home for probably the seventh inning. Yeah, that'd be about right. Game started at three. Yeah, exactly. And I caught the the ninth inning when they when they tied right. it with the three runs off Nepper. Um, that was the day I delivered Newsday at seven thirty at that's, night. That's right. <laughs> Nobody got their papers till seven thirty at night. And my father it. and I did, just delivered the papers like madmen at that What's point. Your, uh, like madmen, like Don Draper. Yeah, yeah. We folded it up like the New York Times threw it on the. <laughs> Right. On the doorstep. And then you did a long soliloquy about delivering the paper and right. how it relates back to family. We were smoking. Right. <laughs> had a glass of, uh, of scotch. <laughs> um, give me your give me yours real quick, and then we we should go to the fun load because we've oh, been we've yeah been, that's fine. We've been, and we're not going to talk about the Mets then, right? No, I don't think there's any need. Good. Um, you know it's hard because I could I could very easily come up with five Met games. I could come up with five Islander games. It's so it's it's difficult to pick my five Yeah, I think I could too, but if you had to combo platter it. If I combo plattered it and so these are probably not in order. That's fine. I'm just gonna give you five from 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 each uh from each place. Um the Sean Bates penalty goal. Penalty penalty goal. You remember the pen, do you remember the penalty goal? Yeah I do grandma that he that he kicked <laughs> into the bucket. I remember the penalty goal. It was fun. 2002, Sean Bates penalty shot in the playoffs against Toronto. Game number five. Five. Six. Game number six. Did that series go to seven games? It did. I thought they had lost in six. No, they lost in seven. They lost game seven in Toronto. That's they right. won game That's six. Right. They staved off elimination That's right. yep, with yep. that penalty shot. Yep. Which was great. Yeah, just, that's a good one. Ridiculous. Um and then uh another Islander one was the uh uh the Dale Hunter game, unfortunately. Oof. It was just uh, it was a party there though for, for so long. Mm-hmm. Because it was, you know, it was one of those games where they were they were clinching that round of the playoffs yep. against the Capitals, and usually in the playoffs you you are like you're tense for the entire game, and you're just relaxed, right? This was like, oh, they're gonna win. It was six one. Yeah, they're blowing them out. Blew them out. So that so. I was watching that game in a bar in Dayton, Ohio, with Jack with, Arbor. Yep. Yeah, with Al Arbor's daughter. Unbelievable. Yep. She yeah. was she was not pleased. Why with, not? With Dale Hunter. Oh, yeah, well, I well. with watching the game with you? Right. <laughs> Did you... You wouldn't stop with the numbers, probably. You just kept reciting Islander numbers in the middle of the game. <laughs> and we're full circle. Well what's done. With this, what's with this guy in the numbers? This guy in the numbers. Shut up. God. Uh, game six against the Astros for the Mets. Okay. For sure. Um, what, really, one of my favorite 
games ever was the final game of the 1999 season with the Mets when uh, when the Mets won on a wild pitch. Yep. The walk-off wild pitch, right. The Sedan- walk-off wild Sedano pitch. scores with Piazza at the plate. Melvin Morris scored. Or Melvin Morris scored, that's right. Yeah, and Piazza was at the plate. Yep. And it was And it was just great. And then you had to wait till that night to find out if Cincinnati won and if they would play the next day. And I'll tell you, that's a pretty good one, too. The, the play-in game. The play-in game was great, too. The outlier and the complete game shutout. Yep. Yep. And then uh, a game, the last one would be um, the Todd Pratt home run. Right, which you were at. Which I was at. Yes. These are actually, all of these games that I've given you. Yeah. I was, you were <laughs> I was at. at. Yeah. The Matt yeah. Manti, off Matt Manti, right? Uh, that was off of Matt Manti. Yeah. Steve Finley jumped, looked in his glove. And he had Ugats. It wasn't there. And if, I gotta, and, my, and if I got to give you a Jet one, I got to give you a Jet one, right? You got to. My favorite Jet game. You know, my favorite Jet game was the 2010 wild card win over the Colts. That's a good one. Yeah. That was one, and I don't know if you were there for that, but we were all together. Were you with us? Yes. We were at Rich's house? Oh, no, I was not. No, I was at Scott's. Okay, you were missing for that one. Yeah, I was at but, Scott's. But most of us were together, and it was just, it was the greatest thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, I the, mean, we were, where did you watch the Patriots game? The Patriots game. Didn't we watch the Patriots game at Scott's? Yes. yes. Yeah, because we were all, all there the next week for the Steelers game. Right. Um, the Colts game I might have watched at home. You weren't with us. Because uh, Wesley was brand new. Still had still had that new baby smell. <laughs> just out of the wrapper. Yeah, just, just fresh fresh out the lot. Uh, he had a couple of miles on him. Yeah. Um, so I may not have been able to go out to watch that game. He was only like he was only like three weeks old or four weeks old. You know what's funny? We talk and we talk about how miserable it is being fans of these teams and everything is so negative and we just want a championship, but. Just right off the top of my head, I came up with five unbelievable moments yeah. that my teams have had. I could, and I, and we could probably think of more. Yep, totally agree. So. That Patriots, that Patriots win is, I mean, it's the second biggest win in the franchise's history, probably, mm-hmm. um, arguably. Um, it was tremendous. I mean, it was unbelievable. It was unthinkable that they would win that game. Right. Um. And, of course, Mark Sanchez outplayed uh, Tom Brady. Let's move on. Uh, and with that, 